Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech and Black Hollywood Live. Today we'll talk about Google's continued dominance, and we have a guest in the studio, Mr. Ben Patterson. Let's go. How you You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Yes, welcome. Sir. Welcome. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down tech news and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. All day. Uh, my name's Joe Braswell. I'm joined as always by my man Achilles Shine. What's good, bruh? How you doing, sir? Chilling, man. All right. So chilling, chilling. We, we, know, we usually do the, the double goat thing. Yeah. But today, we, we, you got you got, you got the double polymath. Yeah. You got the double, <laughs> the double Oakland. True that. <laughs> uh, in studio, sitting, sitting in with us today, we have uh, Mr. Ben Patterson who's yes, here sir. as well. Welcome. How you doing? Welcome. Good thing. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for Oh man, it's, it's, it's good to have you here. Um, we are just going to do our thing. We'll, we're going to talk our normal tech, tech, tech stuff, geek stuff, nerd stuff. Uh, some stories will run down. Want to get you to chime in and get your takes on it as well for yeah, absolutely uh, as, as we roll through this, and then we'll we'll get to know you a little bit. I want to ask you some go. questions. You yeah, know? yeah. So we're, we're, we're good to go. Uh, let's talk about first things first. Oh, and I should public enemy. Of course, man. Of course, PE bro, classic. Yes. They're kicking wicked rhymes like a fortune teller. So I know, all right. <laughs> all right. This is definitely in my zone. Uh, we have a story about with the, about them or about Chuck D at least a little later on the, in, in the show. Yes, but sir. for now, let's let's get into Google. Um, we did a lot of lot of talk. We, it was like Google Radio last week. It was. It was an all Google show. It felt like, uh, and I think one of the things we talked about with Google is how. You know um, how how dominant they are in, these, in all these different areas. I was saying how I'm I'm becoming a Google convert. Right. How like as a, as a diehard Apple loyalist, mm-hmm. I now find myself in a position where all of a sudden I'm I'm, I'm now using Google Hangout all the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, now Google I'm now I'm using you know Google Docs all the time, mm-hmm. and now I'm using you know uh I, the the G the G what's it what's it called the G uh, the G button the, the yeah the uh, the G, G the G board the G board yeah, yeah. I, mean, I downloaded the G board from my iPhone so now I'm not familiar what's the uh, what's so just last a, year, it's just a keyboard that you can put um, to your phone as software, and so instead of like, when you're having a text conversation with someone and you want to send them an address, instead of having to go outside of the text conversation, you uh, just click the keyboard, and, and it'll it'll bring up that uh, address right in the text. So you oh. can do everything without having to move outside of okay. out of the text conversation. Oh, so I will say, I'm a week into the keyboard, it's, it's changed my life. You should okay. download it because yeah. you have you have uh, you know if you need to hit a get, hit someone with a gift real quick, mm-hmm. pop, yeah. you know, Google something, it's right there in the text send okay. messages go back and forth it's Google integrated into your iPhone iOS keyboard okay. so anyway I, I, I digress but now Google Google has some big announcements and they're really making a, they're making a dominant they're trying to dominate outside of your mobile devices and outside of your computers and, la- and laptops right they uh, launched <clears throat> Google home yeah. Google assistant uh, and a lot of other Google things Apple's really coming out strong um, so what they what, what happened is they Came out and, and sort of saying that Google is, you know, as 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 a company and as Alphabet as a company wants to take the what they've built in search and and and, and take it and help you have you excuse me have it help you in your entire life in your home. Absolutely. So they've launched some things. Uh, Google Home. Do you know? Do, do you know? You know about all these, obviously, right? Absolutely. Uh, so Google Home. What you, what's, what's, what's what's Google Home? I mean, so Google Home. I mean, we got to provide the context. Yeah, so we're, right. we're in the Internet of Things, where you know we have all these smaller devices that are able to capture you know our our information provide analytics for us in terms of specific things that we do and that make things more efficient. Right. So if we talk about the home, we talk about 
temperature. We talk about different appliances. We talk about you know all the things, all the different things that we engage with from our televisions to music. Um, so Google Home is very similar to what Amazon has created in terms of Echo, mm -hmm. where you have this kind of AI oh, yeah. um, device that is able to communicate with you and have personality. So you ask the device questions, you tell the device commands, and it's able to provide the information for you and, and actually turn things on or off in your home. So Google has made their own version right. of that. Um, and so it's I, like yeah. Google turn the lights on in Kevin's room, right? Like you know, for example, exactly. Google, uh, you know, you know, turn on the air conditioner. Turn the air conditioner, or mm -hmm. turn down the volume right. on on the music, or whatever. Yeah, so. turn up PE. Or, right. or just even base the washer. Yeah, yeah base, even basic questions that you might have in terms if you're watching a, a television program and, and you see an actor that you want to look up. Hey, yeah. let me get the biography on this guy. Yeah. Or, who's, who's this Ben Patterson? Exactly. Right. <laughs> is he really from Oakland? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, this this is a huge thing because of our our obviously our dependency on technology and it's, it's providing a different pathway in terms of how we utilize our technology instead of being so hands on. We're moving into this world where it was more more intimate. It's more a dialogue between you and the technology. And so, mm -hmm. what's interesting about it is that you have Siri, Apple has Siri, uh, Microsoft has Cortana, um, um, Am um, Amazon has Echo, mm -hmm. and they all have a different personality built into it. So yeah. I'm interested to see what Google does in terms of how they're building the, the, the artificial intelligence, how it, how it's going to sound, like what kind of attitude it's going to have, like what the personality is, because that's mm -hmm. kind of like how they're, that's what they're trying to perfect with this technology to make it more human-like and how we engage with it. So. And I, I want to get your takes on these too, but one of the things that interesting to me to, to that point is, you know, Google does not, Google seems to have gone out of its way to not personify their, 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 uh, their technology, their AI into a person, like, you know, like, you know, obviously Apple has Siri, mm -hmm. right. and uh, Cortana is mm -hmm. the other one, like, like you mentioned, Google just has Google Assistant, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's Google Assistant. So Google Assistant is, is still here. It's, it's relaunched. It's going to be integrated into the Google Home. I mean, do you think they need to have Googie or some dude? You know, some oh, kind it, of it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll definitely have a personality. I mean, I mean, but, well, but as, a, as a name, you mean like a person? Um, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if they're going to do that. Most yeah. of Google stuff is is Google right. something. So, right. I mean, I, I think that this this device that they're creating is kind of very similar to what we saw in the movie Her, yeah. um, where where you're able. And th that's the thing about it. This device is always on. It's always listening. It's always yeah. capturing information. And it's. I mean, that, and that's Scary. what Google, that's what Google does. Like yeah. they want to get as much information on you to be able to sell you different things, sell sell ads to you. And so this is a device that's running twenty four seven and listening and recording everything that you're saying, yeah. and getting all your preferences and interests yeah. and tastes. Right. And so. Yeah. Yeah, Ben, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think of this? Is this scary, man? Do you know if you saw her? <laughs> uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm always the alarmist of, of the, every every, every mm -hmm. time new technology comes out. That is something that that gets us, that gets more and more into our lives. Mm -hmm. I'm scared to death because I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm the age of Skynet and right. the Matrix, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm always like, oh, here they come. Right. So, but what do you think of this? Now, you know, it's 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 interesting because I look at things kind of in a scope of going, okay, well, in the '70s, the microwave was what's now, yeah. or the VC when it came out and all these different things so I still feel like the the human brain is so you know vastly more intelligent than anything that's actually been created there's still parameters that all these things can run on like you can't throw it in water it needs power blah 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 um, so I, I look at it and go okay well I'm not afraid of it yet there are things that you have to like you know distance yourself from that sure. you can still maintain some sort of anonymity right but um, there are there are parameters in which all these things work, and so it's like almost like the Matrix. You're like if you know that there's a sort of set of rules that these things uh, will exist in, you can always go okay. Well, outside of this rule, you know, I know when I need to, 
shut it down, I can just, you know, power that thing off. And, you know, if it's not powered off, I can go put that in the other room. I can do other things. I can, can exist you? outside. Can you with Google Home? Can't, I, that's true. I mean, okay, I mean it's it's true. Just yeah, said you, it's yeah, always you, listening. Yeah, you can. You unplug that bad boy and it's, it's done. It's off. You know? Okay. I mean, but that, that I mean, that that's the thing, though. <laughs> in terms of the AI technology, like, it's moving to a point of what they call technological singularity, where the AI will, will, be, will come to a point where it becomes autonomous in its thinking. Right. Where it's able to make its own decisions right. versus what it's been, it's been programmed off. to do. Right. So, <laughs> that's the part. You need to that, go to sleep now, <laughs> no. partner. <laughs> First of all, don't call me partner. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, would you grab one of these? Would you buy one? You know, I probably would. I probably would. Wow. I, I feel like in the in in the beginning stages, most of the like like the beginning of the movie, in the beginning stages is it's everything's happy. It's turning the car <laughs> on. It's buy the food. Mm-hmm. It's do all the cool stuff. Right. You jump in. You learn stuff. You you yeah. learn it, and you you become smarter than it. Right. And then you know, I still feel like you know people still people create these things. They mm-hmm. don't create themselves yet. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we're still in the beginning of that movie where mm-hmm. we can actually like okay, yeah, I'll check it out. You know, have it turn on the air conditioning. And <laughs> Yeah, that's that. how it starts. But then it's hooked yeah. up to your fridge, everything right. else, and I'll be, and I'll be like, uh, Google, uh, warm me up some pizza. I, I like some pizza. I'm like, do you? Right. <laughs> do you really need that pizza, bro? <laughs> I'm like, get my pizza. You can't have any of pizza. <laughs> I'm like, I just checked the scale, and <laughs> like, that's the stuff I'm worried about. Okay. Well, just, uh, to, related to that, and this is kind of just in the general question, I always sort of ask this, like, I get concerned about, you know, one of the philosophical conversations we have all the time is, you know, never in our history have we had these four or five companies, individual companies that are so really ingrained in your life. We talk about Google mm-hmm. and Facebook and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, they're, they're really ubiquitous in terms of how we feel. I, I can't think of, you know, we have to go back to like, you know, uh, the, the, the railroad or the steam days or the, or the industrial revolution right. where you have these giant companies that really affected everything we did in life. Right. So. What I'm concerned about is when Google, whose whose mantra is "do no evil, do no harm," and, and it's all well and good, but when they, you know, dominate your the way you search for everything, they bought YouTube because that's a that's another search engine for them, mm-hmm. you know, and then now that mm-hmm. they own that, uh, they're they're getting into the way into our homes and getting information on all on everyone in our homes, so they can collect all this information. These massive data centers, like. What happens when, you know, they, someone else, and this is what Kitty says, they're too big to buy, but what happens when someone says, I want to buy Google, or, I'm, you know, it's all, it's all fun when Zuckerberg's running Facebook and he's got drones near, but what happens when he's not? What if, what if Donald Trump bought Facebook, that's right. a bad example, or right. but what if, or, or someone like that, what if someone, not with the Koch brothers bought Google? Yeah. Then would, it, would we still be so, I mean, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what do you let? What do you follow? What do you follow on these private companies uh, as a business monetizing our entire, you know, our entire uh, digital footprint of our lives? I mean, that it's well, I mean, they're not private. Like, they have IPO. That, that they share. They that's publicly shared. Like okay. I could own part of Google. It's not right. privately owned. That's so a good point. I think because of that, that's where you have your your protective element to it. Okay. In the sense that you know, not one person can use it use it as a weapon or use it as a as a way to manipulate society and culture. Right. Like I feel like they have to they have to meet the expectations of their of their of their of their board you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and their and their shareholders so i think for that and also i mean you're going to have the the government kind of like putting certain 
um, parameters around what they can and can't do, and that right. that's always been the case with companies that get too big. So, if you say so, bro. Yeah, almost <laughs> like how AT and T became like, you know, right, the one big. monopoly. And and you, you, like, so this doesn't concern you either. Are you, you cool? Yeah, you, I'm, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, we can move on. I'll, I'll, be the only, I'll be the only alarmist, you know, tinfoil hat dude over here, right. worried about stuff. Uh, let's move on to, to, to VR technology. Another thing we've been talking about a lot is is uh, is is the, the coming VR world, and Facebook's made a huge investment in it and whatnot, but Budweiser um, delivered the first delivered fans the first VR experience. They had this uh, at a Cavs game. They have this sort of cardboard virtual reality um, oh, thing yeah. that you can have. And you know, Budweiser being the savvy, savvy marketers there are, it's also doubled as boom a beer cozy. You can put two beers in that mug, wow. walking down to your seat, <laughs> take yeah. your beers out, and then plow. Yeah. Um, it was again. It was a giveaway, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a smart move by Budweiser. I, I, I don't. What do, you, what do you make of this, Akili? I mean, we're in the age of of this new medium of virtual reality and augmented reality, yeah. where it's another uh, tool where we can tell. We as storytellers can communicate, you know, different emotive things. And so, I think from from a brand perspective, it's awesome because you're able to have a new form of technology that people think is cool, and you're able to give them auxiliary content um, that is not just game specific, like locker room access or yeah. like. A player profile, or yeah. just different different cool things about the experience of going to a basketball game that is in now a virtual ra- virtual reality space, and then you're getting you're getting all those impressions, all the cons- all the all the potential consumers are seeing that and using it to put to, to put you know their their beverage, and I think it's a great play for the beer company. I think it's a great play for the NBA and for the, the Cavaliers specifically, yeah. and it, it's also a good case study for how we'll see more of this this medium used um, in. Sports and music and entertainment and I mean virtuality is the next thing. So it'll definitely be in music for sure. Definitely. Now, is it? Is it? But is it? Is it now going to be used as exclusively as a tool to sell shit? I mean, is this is about selling stuff, or is this about utilizing? I mean, I guess Budweiser is smart and early on and getting and getting their branding on it. I think it's not selling necessarily the pr- a product. It's selling the coolness of the brand. It's, it's it's making you think of the brand in a different way. Like yeah. when you associate your when you associate Budweiser, you, you think of obviously the product, but you also want to think of innovation, and that's kind of like what they're trying to do. Right. So it's trying to get out of the we're the, we're a, a cheap beer. You know, what I mean, there's like the the Stellas and all, there's all mm-hmm. that kind of beer, and then there's like the American beer is like you know the champagne of beer. Yeah. Yeah. King of beers, whatever, and like you're saying, it's like they're trying to like basically take themselves into another realm of like, well, we're also you know we're not just a beverage company, we're right. actually a luxury item. You right. know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. And it makes it makes for a very easy transition, almost to how like alcohol will have like the wine coolers next to the the iced teas and the yeah. sodas, whatever, and the similar shaped bottles and all that kind of stuff. Because subconsciously, you just see the similarity and you just go right to it. Right. So if you're seeing this on this like common level but then also it's kind of an innovation and in, in tech then you know it won't be that difficult for the transition for someone who's like in their mid to late teens that's mm-hmm. like oh that's dope and then they're like bam I can't wait to start drinking beer you know beer goggles for real <laughs> finally you know <laughs> yeah no it, it, Budweiser I, I gotta give I mean say what you want about Budweiser where they are they do continue to make to innovate in the marketing space I mean they're what they're doing this year with in, in the uh, 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 in the Olympic year and the uh, election year they've changed their this thing that's going to happen next month. It won't say Budweiser. It's going to say America on there. Wow! So for from yeah, that's, that's how they're doing it. They they got they 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 went and filed it to be able to call their beer America. Wow. So they have the red, white, and blue in America, wow. and they just think like Olympics, election. 
like <laughs> that's gonna so, so certainly about the VR. Have you had have you crossed um, with any of your cross paths with any of your projects that have utilized that technology yet? Um, not directly. However, there was a there was a, a crew guy that had the, the goggles with the Google, and we all tried it on and walked around the room and saw Van Gogh, and and it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it. I mean, I remember back in like you know going to Berkeley. Um, before I was in college and going over to the campus and they had like the virtual reality game that you stood in the, the little thing and you put the goggles on mm-hmm. and it's the technology is so much more advanced Certainly. and now Six Flags has a roller coaster with it and I'm just like like I don't even know if I can even mess with that <laughs> like that's just a whole nother realm of being because it, it, it does become a little disorienting when you're not walking you're actually you know mm-hmm. doing this to mm-hmm. actually but you turn your head and you get the 3D feel. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about the coming world of this VR technology? Because there's this thought about, um, you know, active. I can't count the list. It's like active, passive, and passive, passive. Meaning a podcast like like we're listening to right now is something that's great because it's active passive meaning you can listen to it and be doing other stuff right like, so you can be doing other stuff and then even YouTube videos you need some attention mm-hmm. but you're still in the world and you're still doing other stuff whatever yeah. this is yeah, VR uh, is 100% 100% immersive immersive so yeah. you were like locked out I mean yeah. you're talking about ears sound yeah. technology is crazy this everything's going on like what, what is that is that bad is that, is that, what, do you, what do you think it's going to take us I mean I, don't, I can't I wouldn't necessarily title it as bad but I definitely would say that it, it'll have some type of um, physical effect on our brains. Even just mm-hmm. the technology we use with our phones and tablets and computers has affected the way our brains function compared to the previous of generations of how they learn. So, I mean, this new medium, because a book is a medium, so a phone is an, an, a medium. It's a medium of technology that has information. So, same thing with the VR. Our brains will adapt to it. And our, our culture will adapt to it as well. Right. So, I don't necessarily. I mean, I think there's there's pluses and minuses to all mediums of technology. I think this will provide different ways of creating and different ways of telling stories, but it could also limit and inhibit us in t- in terms of our development as well. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that we'll see in the future. Yeah, because yeah. your brain doesn't know the difference. Like if this is all locked out and you're right. basically what you're seeing and hearing, you know, you can you can hypnotize somebody and tell them that you're touching them with a hot poker, even though it's a pencil, and their skin will react. Yeah, mm. you know, so if you're watching something and hearing something you will think you mm. are in that environment and it, and I think on to what you're saying it will if people are just constantly like this or constantly you know the person-to-person communication is just gonna just diminish you yeah, know I mean, people aren't gonna know how to just have a conversation walk up right? like you know hey <laughs> and, 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 and right. to your point like there there's been studies more than I even studies there's, there's, they talk about this thing where they had this one VR situation where you're on a skyscraper and the sound the sound tech is so good and the visuals are so good it's not fully rendered like 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 photo real mm-hmm. but there's a thing where you're supposed to just take two steps forward but oh, you'd be going outside and you're you're physically most people's body won't let you do it like your brain won't let you do it like right. everything is telling you no mm-hmm. it's like just take two steps forward and you're like no you know so it just makes you wonder they, they, they talk about the idea of what you guys are talking about which is how much of that is retraining the brain to enhance and how much of that is like you know shutting the brain down so that, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to find out how that, how that plays out but anyway um, let's move on to bots and then we can, and we can run through the last of these um, so this this is a story about like the uh, sort of is this about bots in, in, in the election and, and uh, sort of like 
how Facebook, some Facebook followers and Twitter followers and other followers are not necessarily real. And those things also not only are some of those folks bot, bots, I'm using Donald Trump as an example, who has more Facebook followers than Hillary and Bernie combined. Like, there's a story out that says that not only are, are not, let me see if I understand this right, not only are some of his followers not real, like one in four, but some of those were able to, to do other stuff, right? Is my getting this right? Yeah, essentially, you know, the bot technology, you, you have you have this, again, a, a, a very low form of art, artificial intelligence that's able to deliver um, a task. And so the task could be uh, a message that could be completely false, it could be slanderous, it could be a lie. And so what, what this article is saying is that a lot of the people in the election, a lot of the candidates in the election have these bots that, you know, it ramp up, it ramps up their follower number, makes them, th makes people think they're more popular than they're not. But it also, because they have such a, a large percentage of the bots that can communicate a certain messaging that may or may not be true, it could, it could uh, sway the election, essentially, mm -hmm. sway the, right. sway the way people um, view the other candidates, sway, you know, how they vote. So that is kind of like what the, what they're saying, like it's a, it's a, they're trying to argue that there needs to be some type of uh, protectiveness built into Twitter that will kind of like diminish or at least highlight that this is a bot, this is not a real person. Don't mm -hmm. take it seriously. That's kind of what the argument is. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't know about that because, I, first of all, I'm, I'm terrified of that because because I obviously do not want Donald Trump running the country. I'm the, no, I'm on record, excuse me, not to get political. But, but you know, how is this any different from advertising from billboards back in the day. How's it different from, the, from Kennedy and Nixon being, you know, having that first debate on TV and it's people not. seeing Nixon sweating and being like, you know... It's, that's, that's, that's the argument. It's, it's, not, the it's not any different than anything in, anything yeah. else that's happened in an election year. Can you the super PACs and lobbyists that are able to pay for different adver advertisements that are slanderous and lies. Yeah. Same thing with the, what's happening on Twitter with the bots. Right. Just a different form. Uh, how, how, do, you have, do you have any thoughts or opinions on, like, on, on, on how this technology is affecting this election how certain candidates are able to do the things? Do you think there should be limits on that stuff? Do you think it should be up to the candidate's responsibility to be savvy. It's it's definitely going to be up to the candidates, um, but similar to what he was saying, it's it's just the same thing from the past, just done in a, in a more shiny, clever way. You know what right. I mean? So people, you know, it's like subliminal advertising, how that became illegal, and yep. then it's the billboards, it's the associations, it's all these different things, and now it's like, okay, well, I have 1.6 million, well, I have a billion, you know, and right. then, okay, then have, you know, have Beyonce and Rihanna run, you right. know, because they've got, you know, millions as well. Um, so people will, I think the intelligence of, of people will still come into play and go, okay, hey, look, this is still, like, do I want this person to make it legal to do this or do I want the bomb to get dropped or mm -hmm. do I want all these, do you I think people are still going to have to to focus and actually look at the real facts and look at you know okay has this person had any experience in this job has this person done this has this person done that right that's, I mean it's, it's really it's really interesting to see I mean I guess well it's up to, it, it's not the uh, technology or the advertisers or the candidates responsibility to uh, it's, it's the electorate's responsibility. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's all of us. It's our responsibility to be informed mm -hmm. and not be like, oh, well, he got a million followers. He got 500,000. I'm yeah. going for him. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of, it's interesting when this all plays out, but mm -hmm. I hope it doesn't result and in... Another point is don't, you know, don't, and we talked about this a lot on the show, don't necessarily believe everything you see, hear, and read on the internet. Like, do your due diligence and, and research. And if you, right. if you see a message that, you know, is 
diff if you see a message if you see a message just double check it like research it see if it you know do a deeper dive on it and i think that's kind of like at least what i do when i when i read an article or i or i see a message on twitter and i don't necessarily understand it i'm gonna i'm gonna go and and, and get different perspectives on it before i i come to a decision so i don't know this is right here tupac i just <laughs> saying <laughs> In Puerto Rico. <laughs> he's, he's in Puerto Rico. I, I believe it. Pop was there, son. <laughs> so the internet said it. Uh, okay, let's get Zach, let's get the uh, the, oh, the, the Malcolm thing for now because I want to get that. I just want to just touch on this one thing and I want to get into to get into talking to you. Um, so uh, the upfront's going on right now to a certain degree, and one of the big stories that affects you know that we like to talk about here is CW. Um, we talked a lot about Supergirl and how and how I like that show, and I know how that, I think that show's great. It's moved from CBS to CW, which is where it belonged in the, in the first, first place. place. Uh, you know, in the Warner Brothers family and the in the in the Greg Berlanti. I'm sorry, the the, the Berlanti verse. Excuse me, I'm getting his name right. But CW is going to have forty percent of its fall schedule will not be superhero shows. Forty mm -hmm. percent. Is all superhero shows. Uh, DC Comics uh, is is really dominating. And is this mm -hmm. a good thing? First of all, these shows are all hits. But what do, what do we think about this? Do, do they I mean, my take. I think we covered this before. Um, I think it's good for this the time span that we're in now. Like, I think the saturation is is is, is apropos. Um, will it sustain itself? I don't think so. Um, we look at Netflix and we look at you know all the all the shows that you mentioned that are on the CW. I think I think and then we look at movies. I think it's the it's the proper zeitgeist. For, for that stuff now. But yeah. if, we, if we're talking about the sustainability of, of the whole universe being on TV for 10 years from now, I don't believe so. That's I, what I'm wondering. I, I think that people, it'll lose its lackluster. This, you know, this, what people, will, well, this is what mm -hmm. people, the executives now are like, oh, sure, we can have a DC DC network. We can have six, 40, we have 60 by, by two years from now. In four years, we have 100% all DC. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Give me a raise, Nino what? Brown. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I, I, people will people's interest will will shift. It'll go. You know, it's it's been like law and drama shows, and then the judge and the lawyer shows, and the supernatural shows, and like superheroes are hot, and it's like it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, because then it's like okay, well then you know what about uh, Roach Man, and what about <laughs> right. this person? You know what I mean? Like you you figure like okay, all these all these characters are going to now start coming to life, but then all of a sudden you know newer people are going to be. In, in, included in these, um, but it will it will as everything does. It'll just start to like fade a little bit, and then right. you'll go back to like the the basics: the mm -hmm. Superman, the Batman. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and all things aren't created equal. I create created equal. ABC, Disney tried this with Marvel shows. They they you know, Agents of Shield is definitely mm -hmm. not doing so high. Agent Carter canceled. Mm -hmm. Their other show that they had in development, the other Shield spinoff, didn't make it to series. Mm -hmm. So not so much for ABC, but Netflix. All that, those shows are you know, winning on that Jessica list. Jones yeah. and Daredevil mm -hmm. and Daredevil's Luke Cage high. is coming mm -hmm. and Iron Fist is coming and the Defenders are coming. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it, we'll see. I, I, you know, I don't I know. I think it also probably has to play into, especially with the Netflix, because I was like, I was Daredevil from season one. 100. And I yep. think it's the amount, the, the content that you can show right. on one platform versus another. Right. Because if you watch Daredevil and then you go to another show, especially you're especially season two. Yeah, season two. Season two got really, Ooh. got really violent on me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you expect a certain level of you know what they can show, what they can't show, and what they can yeah. also say. And so then people start to go, well, you know, I don't want to go over there, but I can go over there and mm -hmm. watch the whole season, right? You know, and then they're just like hooked, right? Uh, well, I want to let's talk about you, Ben, because uh, uh, thank you. That, you know, we're glad you're here joining us, and you're very knowledgeable in the in in, in the tech space. But uh, you know, as we mentioned, you 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 are you you act. You sing. You're, you're a photographer. Uh, you're, you're you're a multi 
uh, multifaceted artist. I mean, like uh, you're like uh, the Kango kid, you know. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can sing, rap, and dance in just, just one, one show. show. <laughs> Kango, Mr. Sophisticated. Falls, I know, ain't nobody great from beginning to end. end. All right, we we, we, we digress with our old, with our old, old, old. That's that's before your time, Achilles. Hey, it wasn't before my time, but <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it's not... before my prime. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, 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 man, you like you, you've you've had a, a great journey, kind of coming out of the, the Oakland, coming out the streets of Oakland. That's what I'm saying. Stop I'm... it! <laughs> right, the hardcore, the hard streets <laughs> of Oakland to the glitzy world of Hollywood from no. East 14th uh, to Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, how you know how does I mean like it, it, I know this is a long question. You can you can you can spend an hour answering it, but just in a short version, like how does someone, how does an East Oakland kid get from East Oakland to, to Hollywood? How does that how does that happen? Like, what, what is it? Was it was there a journey through music? Was it through acting? Was it through the arts in general? It, interestingly enough, it was actually it kind of got its main like opening start through uh, modeling. Mm-hmm. I was in San Diego at the time, and I uh, was approached by someone. I was like, hey, you shouldn't be a model. And I was like, yeah, I don't care about modeling. I right. was actually a DJ at the time, oh. and I was still a drummer. I hadn't even started the oh, other instruments. Right. DJ and model. Let me add that to the resume. Yeah, DJ. You know, I was like on the <laughs> runway with the turntable. Um, but once I started doing that, I also had a friend, uh, a high school friend that went to, he went to St. Mary's. I went to O'Dowd. His name was Russell Hornsby. And Russell um, had started uh, he was in theater, and he was, you know, very active. And I saw him on the show Playmakers, and I was just like, mm-hmm. just astounded. I see like a dude from from my childhood up on the, you know, up on the side of a building in downtown LA. Playmakers that was the was HBO, the only HBO, HBO, the ESPN yeah. drama. Yes, yeah, and it was it was it was hard, and and just from just seeing that, and then meeting people that were also doing the same thing, but just further along, that more than motivated me. Uh, I'm very like. I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to learn by doing it, even if I don't know what I'm doing yet, as opposed to give me the manual and let me, you know, read how to do it because it's, you know, it's just faster for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I also had a family member uh, whose uh, name was Ronnie Taylor. He was an actor uh, for a number of years. He passed away in, I think, 2002 or 2003, but he was who played Bleeding Scum Murphy mm-hmm. on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And his mm-hmm. first big job that we saw as a family was in Trading Places when mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy was in jail, oh. and the two big dudes roll up on him. Yeah. like, you know, ain't too cool being a jive turkey this <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And just having, like, family members so that were just like, that oh, no, that's, that a great, that's a great movie, great line. They had a, yeah. a sand <laughs> in his beard. Um, but, you know, and a family that was very supportive, and also, you know, just in Oakland in general, you got, you know, you got Hammer, you got In Vogue, you got Sheila E, you got Too Short, and then don't forget, 40. Oh, don't no, forget oh, Oakton three five seven, of course, and <laughs> you know, and forty from Vallejo, but yeah. uh, Sweet LD from three five seven follows me on Instagram. We oh. had a whole back and forth oh, because okay. I put on Juicy Got You Crazy, yeah. and that was my jam. At the Shout out to, yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it was like you know, it's seeing seeing different people and realizing that a lot of innovative things, you know. Clint Eastwood, Bill mm-hmm. Russell, sure. uh, a lot of a lot of innovative uh, groups came out of the Bay Area and came out of that same time period, like Primus and Metallica and all that. So I would often draw from, well, you know, they're from there, and I'm, you know, they drove down the same streets I drove down, and they, you know, did the same things I I'm doing. So why not give it a try? And yeah. then just you know that success builds the confidence, and that will build the momentum. And you know, the more I would actually do stuff, and then get the positive reinforcement, you know, either from friends or from from perfect strangers and this is all pre 
you know, internet stuff, you know, yeah. it, w- it would just be motivating. And then the more I would do it, the more I would work and I would meet people. Like I, I did a job for Mervyn's back in the day and a lady Ooh. who was a, uh, who was the casting. No, she wasn't. She was the, um, she was the ad exec. She worked, uh, she graduated from my high school when I was a freshman. She was a awesome. senior. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, aren't you Adele? She's like, yeah, aren't you Amari's little brother? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm a model now. I'm, I'm hot. <laughs> but, you know, just seeing that and like just realizing that, you know, yeah, you can do this. You, it just it just propels you, you know. And then now, um, like Lance Gross, I know he went to the same high school I went to. And a few other people, I just, you know, every now and then I'll get on IMDb and I'll just know, oh, they're from Oakland, they're from Vallejo, they're from Berkeley. How did you you pivot your your modeling career into your acting career? Um, I was on a casting for, it was for Pepsi. And I booked the job and I was on on set. It was for Austin Powers and Britney Spears. You can look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious because I'm in the back with these crazy red glasses. <laughs> and I remember one of the guys was talking to another guy, one of the other uh, actors. And he was like, yeah, I'm doing this film. And then after that, I'm doing this. I'm like, you just got all these things, you know, stacked up right. I mean, I just got I'm going to Cheesecake Factory tomorrow to make sure I care of my lunch shift. And. I just kind of changed my like my focus. It wasn't like okay, let me get this one job and then go back to here. It was like okay, just stay on this job and now look in the direction. And that dude in, ended up in like all the Nick Cannon films. He's like mm-hmm. a comedic actor and he's on Wild and Out too. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name, but I just you know really good memory with faces. And I was just like, yeah, I remember that guy. I remember this guy. So I would I would literally just kind of shift the focus. You know, it's still a casting and still an audition and it's still a meeting. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's still like okay, now the direction's over here. Mm-hmm. You know, to wow. that camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome. fantastic. I, I uh, so we talk about the whole the polymath thing. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the acting, the art, the photography, the, the music. I want to get into the music and the photography a little bit because mm-hmm. as it relates to technology, oh, yeah. um, you know, these are two mediums that have been dramatically influenced by by technology. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to keep curious to hear from you. So what, 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 what talk about a little bit about your tools, mm-hmm. you know, in, in each and also how that's how that's changed, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or how, that's, how that's changed over the years and how, how to help to help helps or hurts your art. Well, I can say uh, as it specifically speaks to photography, I'm a photographer because of digital photography. Mm-hmm. So my mother and father both shot film, and my dad had a Mamiya. My mother nice. uh, shot with a Nikon F100, and they would develop the pictures. Now, just seeing all the pictures, seeing the end product, mm-hmm. gave me like, okay, that's what a really cool picture of a plant or, or, or a building or something like that looks like. Mm-hmm. So I was at our... 10-year high school reunion, Tajay from Souls of Mischief had a Nikon Coolpix, and I was like, oh, that's the dopest thing I've mm. ever seen. It was the one with the little flip-around lens. Mm. So I came back, went to Sammy's, and got one. And I just started shooting pictures. Now, the cool thing about any of those cameras is that you can look at the settings mm-hmm. and go, okay, the ISO is this, the F-stop is this, and, and you're shooting at whatever speed. Right. So I just took that and go, okay, well, if I just change this and change this, this is too bright. Okay, now it's too dark. So I was trial by error mm-hmm. for, you know, so much time, but it, it sped up the learning curve. It wasn't I like see. I had to go to Brooks or any of these places. You understood the fundamentals. Right. right. And so once I can see it, and similarly similarly with music, because I didn't play piano until 02 and, and guitar and bass were just right before that, I would hear the end result and then try to recreate it. Mm-hmm. So being digital, the photography just went like that, because now I'm like, okay, I get a better camera with more options options and I can create this sound with music the amount of time that it would take to record 
because I'm still like I'll still do something all the way through I don't read music so mm -hmm. I'll still play something you know a seven minute piano piece and then you know if you want to put it in a MIDI track and convert it to another instrument then you can do that right. or you know just select a different instrument mm -hmm. you play it a different way something that would be more true to the way that instrument would sound then I would do it that way uh, but it's definitely sped up the amount of time that it would take for me to actually learn something and then actually to be able to perform it with the accuracy that I see. Hmm. For sure. So out, out of those two mediums, which one which one do you lean most to? I guess I, mm -hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying is does your creative ability speak more visually or do they speak more musically? Interesting. You know, I I want to say honestly, it's it's almost like whatever's in front of me and 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 like I can get inspiration from like if I'm driving I was driving here earlier um, and there was a skateboarder that was right by the car wash and he just kept going up on the wall and I was like yeah that's dope and then just thinking about that I just kind of was like bobbing my head and I was kind of humming a bass line and then I was like okay that could be a song and then nothing to do with the skateboarder but mm -hmm. it was just the fact that something was happening yeah. that was that was kind of creatively inspiring the the difference though being because that, to me it's like acting and music are very 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 similar mm -hmm. the photography side then now I'm the creator mm -hmm. and I'm the I'm, I'm sorry I'm the like kind of the dictator of the vision when it's music or if it's a script or something like that, then I'm actually just interpreting something that's already been given to me. Gotcha. Wow. Um, that's a, that's yeah. I, just for both of you, really quickly on the, to that point, because I know I mean Keely, you're, you're both you're both those things too, uh, musician and, and, and photographer and, and actor and all those things. I just what uh, what do you prefer? I mean, is this this whole this whole thing analog versus digital and how things look? I mean, that it, it, that thing same thing applies to music as it does to film. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, you guys both seem like you came up in the digital age, but like, what 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 do you prefer? Like aesthetically, or just I mean, just I don't know, just just quickly. Um, I was. Say preference wise, um, I, I like the tools that we have today because of the efficiency mm -hmm. um, that you alluded to, and also um, just the ability to experiment and make mistakes. And not it's not as consequential versus in the analog age, like you had if you're recording music, recording on tape, you got to make right. sure you rehearse that bad boy mm -hmm. before you hop in the booth. Right. Versus now, you hop in the booth and you could do 100 million takes, and, and it's just electricity. So. Mm -hmm. I think I think both of those have pluses and minuses because I like from the analog age the ability to be able to perfect something before you actually communicate it. But I think that could be limiting in the exploration process that we have now. Mm -hmm. So I feel with the tools that we have today, um, it, it it gives me the ability to just experiment. And out of that ex ex experimentation, I, I come with a new voicing. I come with a new expression, and then I can tweak that and then. Figure and then and then package that into something, and so I, I like that process because it's way faster, and um, I can get an end result faster. So I don't Got know it. about you. But. I think there's two interesting points I always figure, I always think about, uh, similar to how to what your point is. I like the fact that you can do something and have the 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 wherewithal to go. Okay, I want to manipulate this piece of it, and that's great, and I'll cut that out. Whereas with tape, you didn't have that. Right. But it's also funny that. You know, in the let's just say like the '60s, '70s, '80s, just like Jimi Hendrix, The Doors, or The Who, or like Janis Joplin or James Brown stuff, you'll hear how certain things were recorded hard right, hard left, and then the best that they had was how it sounded. And then technology got better, things were cleaner sounding, and like listen to Thriller, Purple yeah. Rain, you know, um, The Art of Noise. You listen to that kind of stuff, and then it gets really good. And then all of a sudden, the best technology.
technology gets it to sound like it used to. Like right. there's an app that makes it look like you're watching a VCR. And there's all these <laughs> different things, and I'm like, it's funny how it's so good to make it look like it's bad to make yeah. it look like it's. But I think in the end, like if you go to a symphony or you go to an opera, or you go to a really well. Um, I guess I guess a well done sound arena like maybe the Staples Center or something like that, and you hear really good sound. I think good sound still wins, right? You know, because you don't want to have like that record crackle sound mm, all no, the time. People no. put it on their thing. And I'm like, okay, that's cute, but it's not no. really vinyl, you know. Right. I say to the average person, they're not they're not gonna. I don't think they'll be able to tell the difference. No. Like we have the conversation between. No. Films, things that are shot in film yeah. and celluloid versus you know a digital, digital capture image. Like the average person cannot can tell yeah. the difference. Mm -hmm. So I think for the, the the creative, for the person that's actually making that, they can see the nuances. And I think there is value in the older stuff. There's a certain warmth and soulness to it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's 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 a it's a give and take. It's you know? a give it's and take. Give and take. Mm -hmm. Can I, I my, my take on? I want to ask you about Greenleaf in a second. But I, my my take on that is look, like we've always said, it's really about the the artist. It come, whatever whatever's coming from you, whatever tools are in front of you, you're able right. to use to be able to uh, get your art out. It, right. it, does, it doesn't really matter. So if that tool is an you know analog old tube driven you know, uh, yeah. you know the, the recording device, that's one thing. If it's a digital device, if it's you're in a dark room developing your stuff right. or whatever your is or your right. digital, it's really about your whatever you use. It's about more about expressing yourself and mm -hmm. how you what tools you use. I think the tools don't matter. I think so the expression and the end result matter. Yeah. So the tools are just the way to get from here what's mm -hmm. in here to out to the world. Absolutely. So um, that's that's my take. And I think that I think we all probably feel, feel the same way. I want to ask you. So you, you you've uh, you know we talk about the musical, but you've been successful as, as as an actor. Like even you're mm -hmm. working, I mean, a lot a lot of stuff yeah. is working. And <laughs> most recently, you're you're on you're on you have this show um, uh, called Greenleaf. I think yes. the, the, this project. Can you tell us about Greenleaf real quick? Yes, absolutely. Greenleaf is the, uh, the new drama, scripted drama mm -hmm. on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Mm -hmm. uh, stars Keith David, uh, yeah. Lynn Whitfield, Meryl Dandridge, a whole bunch of other people, including myself. Uh, obviously, Oprah Winfrey is in it, um, and it's a, it's a family drama set against the backdrop. Of the of a church in the, a mega church in the south in Memphis, right? And yes, mm -hmm. and uh, Keith plays the bishop, and Lynn is the wife, and there's there's the power struggle between you know father and son. There's the there's the daughter who's played uh, Meryl Dandridge plays Grace Greenleaf, who's coming home because her sister has passed away, and they're trying to to uh, get closure on that, but also address a lot of things that were happening in the family. Um, my my character Noah Kendall, I'm the head of security, so I'm the guy that's tr just keeps everything you know running smoothly you know gets the plane gets the the orders out talks to people hit, I'm talking to security making sure everybody's uh, in a safe environment and um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an epic ride it's very I think it was very well written I think the acting is 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 amazing and just you know the cast alone is just is just impressive Wow, and that, and and tell me, like, I mean, I, I've got this is the obligatory question. You know, mm -hmm. I'm gonna get out of the way right now. What's it like working with Oprah? <laughs> Oprah is amazing. Okay, I just that's, said it. That's good. Um, <laughs> no, she's she's actually it's it's almost disarmingly calm because she's so personable and mm. she does. I don't know how much research on everybody, but she knows who you are when you are. She is the Google of the show. Mm. She knows who you are. She talks to you. She's very. Um, She's just very embracing. Like yeah. it's like she's on the show interviewing, but she's actually just being her own self. Mm. You know, she she shakes your hand and she makes sure she looks you in the eye and she stops and she greets you. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And so it 
it also brings the expect to me it brings the expectation of a level of excellence mm-hmm. that I'm like I'm happy to engage in because I think okay like yeah this is this is Oprah and this is something that she's attached herself to so I'm gonna hold myself to that standard and now anything that I attach myself to you know I'm like well Oprah Winfrey wouldn't do it that way yeah. so <laughs> I'm gonna do it that way now yes sir yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense I think uh, uh, just to that point as it relates to television television drama I want to ask you about your how, how do you consume media in terms of television we have this long standing debate about mm-hmm. uh, you know cord cutting and digital and small screens and this and that mm-hmm. versus broadcast um I'm not going to get into like you know where you think the industry is going, but I'm just curious mm-hmm. to what, how, how how do you consume? I um I actually consume a couple ways. I'm a I do like Netflix, mm-hmm. um and because of Netflix I'll be I have I have an iPad and because of traveling for work mm-hmm. it's like sometimes the only situation I can watch TV is you know or watch a show, so I I do enjoy the occasional three four five episode binge watch sure. or something, um but then I do also like the the portioned out way that a series will roll out because that's what I was growing up used to you know mm-hmm. what I mean so it's like you know you can record you know a TV show and then watch it later but you can't you know fast forward and see you know the next and the next and the next so and then I also do I do prefer a bigger screen to yep. a smaller screen I do you know if I, every time I go to Costco and I see that 85 like, I'm I gotta like grab that yeah <laughs> oh, no. can't put that in my pocket <laughs> man uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, that, that, that's uh, I'm, I'm the same. I, mean, I think we're all the same. We we, we prefer watching the stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent. We talk, I've, I've court cut a hundred percent. So everything I have to find, uh, including own, I have to find digitally, mm-hmm. and I do, and, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I, I think it's fantastic. So, yeah. um, I'm really really excited about Greenleaf. Um, there's been you know. With the with the explosion, I'm not trying to compare these shows at all, but with the explosion of Empire, mm-hmm. there seems to be the the need for more dramas, more 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 African American dramas yeah, uh, led, and I think that I don't know if this will be as sensational or soapy as 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 a as, as a Empire, mm-hmm. but uh, just to just to see a like basically a black drama, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being produced. Is, is something that's I think is dope. And mm-hmm. so Absolutely. congratulations on yeah. that. Absolutely. Man. Thank you very much. I do feel like very I feel uh it's impressive to myself that I go like, wow, like this is that one show. Like I yeah. didn't know it was Ark and that was the one show. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, wow, this is gonna be, you know, regardless of how long it, it's on for, you know, I'm I'm hoping it's on for 10, 12 seasons. Yeah. Um, this'll be that one show that kicks off all these different things that are now like, okay, well this is viable, so let's let's invest in that. And then there'll be more people that'll go well hey well I, when I grow up I want to be you know a director I want to be a writer you know because everybody has to do something on that set mm-hmm. and there's right. a diverse <laughs> cast there's a diverse you know crew you know for sure yeah. so I think it does a lot of good things um, yes, I've got a live read I, I, I had a live read I want to ask you about this public anything we'll get out of here but I want to mm-hmm. get, get this thing out about our friends at Chapman University Chapman University is in Orange County it's 16 miles from the beach uh, you know if you don't know what Chapman is I'm just, it's, it's a college and a university I'm telling you about it but thir- 13 miles from the beach 30 miles from Los Angeles minutes from Disneyland Angel Stadium uh, it's a tree line 70 acre camp- campus in the city of Orange about 8,000 students you know uh enrolled in undergraduate program. It's known for film, television, all the stuff we're talking about, film, television, science, and technology, all the things we talk about here. So uh, there are 10 different schools in college with 100 different uh, major with 100 different majors. Uh, 86% of the students benefit from some sort of financial aid, so you don't have to pay things off by, by yourself. Uh, Chapman is a comprehensive university. It provides 
personal attention to the students. Classes are small. The student ratio is 14 to 1. In terms of free time, there's plenty to do on campus and off campus because you're here in Los Angeles. I mean, Chapman is basically telling you, don't worry about USC. <laughs> don't, worry, don't pay that USC money. <laughs> uh, come to us. Uh, and, and I think Chapman is a wonderful alternative. I have a ton of people, a ton of friends from the arts that go to Chapman, that teach at Chapman. Uh, it, it is a fantastic place to be if you're not from Los Angeles or if you are from Los Angeles, you should check it out. Uh, for more information, you can go to chapman.edu uh, um, slash information. That's chapman.edu information. And that's chapman, www, which I don't say that anymore. Chapman.edu slash information. Chapman College, check it out. Uh, before we get out of here, I got to ask you, this is related and unrelated as musicians. There's, mm-hmm. I just came through that. Um, that uh, uh, Raising Machine is doing a somewhat of a re- reunite is somewhat reuniting, mm-hmm. but uh, with all the members except for Zach De La Roca, instead of instead of instead of Zach, they're replacing it with Be Real and Chuck, Chuck D. D. And they're calling this project Professor Rage. Uh, I mean, this kind of fits in our wheelhouse because you know. Rage was popular in the early mm-hmm. '90s, yep. and then we came up with the the, the, the B reels and the, and the Chuck yeah. D's. Uh, what? Just real quick, what do you, what do you think of this? Hey, I love it. Um, conscious, politicized, edgy music. Um, two West Coast, one East Coast. Yep. Um, I think it has the great sensibilities, great purpose. Um, I'm interested to hear what the, what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the concept is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you. I'm I was also thinking about like the fact that we had conscious rappers, you yep. know, coming up. We had Paris, we had BP, oh, yeah, Paris. we had you know all these different artists, yeah. and like now it's like who is Where it? Are they? You yeah. know who is right. the who is that gonna be that mm-hmm. voice? And I think this will be. You know, because Chuck has always had something to say, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and he's been strategic about it. And and over the years, it's always been, you know, you can put on Rebel Without a Pause and, and still, you yeah. know, winning. I mean, and, winning. And, I, mean, yeah. I did Running Man for like 40 minutes to that song one time. <laughs> this is on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> on auto reverse. Uh, I got a hot, t- this is a hot take alert. I'm kind of out on this project. Mm. I'm out. I'm not out on it from 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 like I said from the concept because mm-hmm. I love Racing Machine, love Tom Morello, but I don't know. It, for me, these last few Tom Morello projects, I, I like the idea of him. It's like the idea is always better than the actual music, mm-hmm. right? When you hear, it, you're like, oh yeah, Tom Morello got the guitar, Racing Machine. Same thing with um, the the last output of the Public Enemy stuff, mm-hmm. like, and the same thing with obviously what's going on with B Roll and Cypress Hill. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, it sort of sort of seems like you put up the mashup that it should work. Right. I don't know if it will. Right. So I'm kind of right now. I'm not like I'm lukewarm on it I'm very excited of the idea I'm very interested to see if there's good music that comes out of it right. there'll be good messaging for sure right. but it, will there be good music right. will it be it will it be uh, creative enough to still capture the audience that's like oh yeah I'm a huge fan of yes. this person but not them and can it include them I think it'll be great because I think the intention is for it to be a live expression to be a right. tour so I think as a tour yeah. I think the concept is dope because they're able to still use their own um, music and then what they create together mm-hmm. as also another option. So yeah, I mean June third they'll be at their day debuting at the Hollywood Palladium, so we should all check it out Ooh. if we can. But anyway, uh, that, that's it. That's all we got. That's all we have time for. Um, yeah. uh, we always go around. We talk. We get all, all of our social media handles and everything else. But Ben, I want to know where can the people find you? The Twitter people can find me. Okay, so on Twitter I am Ben Just Creates. On Instagram I am. Benjamin Patterson all day, like Mac Dre all day. Yeah. Uh, my photography is at Photo Five One Nine, and everything else is under Benjamin Patterson. Fantastic. We'll look yeah. for Greenleaf on, yes, on the own on the own network, June twenty first and twenty second. Oh, okay. Back, episode back. one, and then two and three. Oh, yeah. Woo. They're doing a 
Three hours. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a binge. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a so one binge. episode, one the first night, and then the second night they'll do the two and three, and then the following week it'll be every every cool. week for an hour. Akili Shine, you can find me on Instagram at Akili Shine, A K I L I S H I N E. Just want to say much uh, respect and congratulations to you and your music, photographic and filmic endeavors. Yeah, yeah. You can find me at Joe K Braz on Twitter and Instagram on Snapchat at Joe Braz. I believe it. I believe it is. And Ben, I agree. Echo what Akili said. It's a pleasure having you. Pleasure a contemporary. You know, in all forms. Much success to you. Hopefully, have you back whenever you want to come. Oh, absolutely. We got Voltron to talk about. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you later. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.